Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 163 of the podcast for January 25th, 2013. My guest today is Dr. Greg R. Johnson. He is the Chief Medical Officer at Parkview Health in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So we're going to be talking about his perspective on lean healthcare as a physician and a CMO, talking about how Parkview Health is using lean to cope with a really challenging environment. We're also going to be talking about Parkview's participation in the healthcare value network, what they've learned um, through their participation by hosting what they call a Gemba visit, where other network members from across North America come and learn and, and share experiences. And we'll also talk about his views on how lean can be incorporated into um, physician practice, what they're doing to engage physicians and to encourage lean thinking within their health system. So if you want to see some show notes and links, you can go to leanblog.org slash 163. And to hear all past episodes and learn how to subscribe and get new episodes automatically sent to you, you can go to leanpodcast.org. Dr. Johnson, thanks for being a guest here on the podcast. It's my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. So I was wondering if we can start off uh, and talk about how Parkview Health is using lean um, as, as a methodology and strategy to cope with this really challenging healthcare environment. Sure. So we, we began our lean journey uh, in oh, approximately six, seven years ago. And in the beginning, our lean journey was really focused around we were rather event-oriented, uh, really had a, a, I would almost call a centralized model for our lean where departments or uh, sections could come to the, the continuous process improvement uh, leaders, lean leaders, and they would go out and, and assist them in running an event like an hour, like a rapid improvement event or a you know, do a value stream analysis and and what we our growth we have and our our growth and our strategy as it relates to lean is is to move it more to a uh, every person is functioning with a lean mentality and that's a we're we have about eight thousand two hundred and some odd in, uh, coworkers across. 13 different across many different counties so that that's been a challenge we are progressing along that uh, quite well I would say that how does it act so coming to your question is is how does using lean help us cope with the the, the challenging environment as you say as it relates to cost and quality well again lean the lean mentality is is if something is not providing value to the customer and depending on who the customer is, whether it's the patient, the physician, the, the caregiver, uh, whomever that is, if it's not providing value, then we should uh, do all we can to eliminate it out of the process. So with our reimbursement being challenged uh, and, and probably declining in the future, it's all, it's even that, it's even, it makes it that much more important to eliminate that waste to provide a better value, a better a process that, that provides a better value. And that sounds like a simple statement, 
it's extremely complex and and also uh how it's helped us cope with this is that not only is the time are the times challenging but they're changing constantly and one of the things that lean help lean helps us with is this the mentality of this continuous improvement you don't get to a state and say i have it i got it i'm where i need to be it's that constant reassessment is is are the things that we're doing adding to the value of the, to that process? Uh, I don't think our health system is different than many others in that often when we assess a current state, we find out that we're doing things because we've done them for some time, and it's really not adding value. And shining the light on the current state is one of the be- the first steps and one of the, I think, one of the most uh, telling when when you talk about how lean is, is helping us cope with these uh, with the challenging times, but to really summarize it in a in a, a simple sentence is that lean helps us remove waste, and there's a fair amount of waste in our in our healthcare system. And when I say our healthcare system, I'm talking nationally here, uh, and it helps us eliminate that waste uh, because it's not adding value and it's and it's and it's costly. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, operationally, you're right. There's certainly lots of opportunities to reduce waste. Um, so one of the challenges with health reform that people often ask about, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on, is, you know, the idea of, um, you know, value-based payment. Um, how, how do you see the current environment or what you're expecting in the future? Do you, do you expect better alignment about getting paid for value as opposed to being paid for activity? You know, does some of that waste include things like um, you know unnecessary tests or unnecessary um, anything if, if, if that's not um, well coordinated or adding value to the patient what, what are you seeing out there yeah so there you know again with the with the uh, value-based purchasing and in all of the uh, governmental strategies on how they're going to pay us for uh, quote higher quality and lower cost they're all out there I would say that we actually base it, you know, that's, I, I, I would be, I would not be authentic if I said we don't, we're not concerned about that because uh, we are concerned about mm-hmm. that. But, but more importantly is, is, uh, and let me, let me take a little sidebar. So I come sure. from a background, I'm a nephrologist and I come from a background in nephrology and dialysis world back through the 1990s and early 2000s where we improve the quality logarithmically and decrease our cost substantially as simultaneously. And, and most of it was, we may not have called it lean thinking back then, but it was the standardization of care. It mm-hmm. was the um, standardized workflows uh, and those sorts of things. So how we do it here at Parkview Health, I would say, is that same mentality is that we can, and we've shown where we can dramatically improve quality of care while reducing our costs. And, uh, you know, some, some specific examples um, would, be relate to, would be related to the standardization of, of care at the bedside. So a, take a simple thing as uh, order sets, standardizing our order sets to where we are functioning off of one order set across the health system uh, has really helped eliminate a lot of unnecessary care 
as well as care that's going to deliver the same, may possibly the same quality, um, but at a higher cost. So you eliminate that uh, that higher cost. And I always want to stress as we talk about this, this isn't about the lowest cost. Right. Uh, that's a, that's an important concept. It's about the best cost. And so, with that being said, if I go back to my nephrology world, the dialysis world, we're really bringing that forward into into Parkview Health. And it's not just me bringing this forward. This is the, our executive leadership across the health system. Is It isn't all about value-based purchasing. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I would be unauthentic if I said that doesn't mean anything to us, because it does, because there's dollars attached to it, and there is public reporting associated with that. But it has to be even on a bigger scale than 1% or 2% of our of our our bottom line. Right. It, it has to it has to be infused into everything we do because if we do that, if we if we apply the lean principles and and such, it, it far far uh, trumps the amount of dollars at risk in value based purchasing currently. Okay, thanks. And I, I'd like maybe ask a follow up question on um, the standardization of care, the the, the standardized order sets. Um, what what role did did you play as as CMO or other clinical leaders play in kind of garnering support for the idea of this? Assuming and, and correct me if I'm wrong here that your physicians mainly are um, not directly employed that they have privileges to to work in the hospital. What ta- I'm curious to hear about the process of um, getting people on board with that idea. Sure. So uh, first off, we do have a significant number of employed physicians. Uh, we have approximately 320 employed physicians, but on our, as you as you stated, on our medical staff, we have a medical staff uh, across the system that's more than it's approaching a thousand. So there are a lot of physicians who are not employed by our health system, and the order sets really, to put that simplistic, is is setting clear expectations. We also are blessed with the fact that we are. Uh, in the throes of a epic implementation, electronic health record, and so it is a bit hardwired on how many order sets we will be able to manage and resources applied to that. So I'd like to say, yeah, we were great at affecting all these behaviors, but really it was out of necessity because you're not able to, you don't have the resources to manage eight different order sets for a normal newborn besides the fact that we know evidence-based medicine and uh, the standardization of the care trumps all of those, but it's also nice to fall back and say, well, we don't even have, we don't have the resources to do it uh, within an electronic health record. The, so the combination of setting clear expectations with our providers and then having that collaboration through our service lines. So the service lines are really what owned the order set. So if you had a, a congestive heart failure order set, that was owned by the cardiovascular service line. It was vetted through their medical content expert, uh, and they were responsible for that collaboration within that service line to assure that they gave their, you know, good stamp of approval uh, to that order set. And then it would get turned over to IS, and IS would, would uh, uh, place that order set within the uh, – with an electronic health record. 
So expectations, service line based would probably be the two biggest points to that success. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I wanted to ask a little bit as well about um, Parkview's participation in the Healthcare Value Network. Um, understand that you hosted a visit recently. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that process and, and what you shared with uh, all those different visiting organizations and, you know, if anything, what, what you gained from the process of having outsiders come in and take a look. Well, let me, if I could start with the last part of that. Mm -hmm. So what did we gain? What we, we gained is the feedback and both appreciative as well as constructive feedback. On our on how we were approaching our uh, lean strategy, that was that was probably the biggest asset of having the healthcare value network uh, having a gimbal visit here. <clears throat> so the process of setting that, you know, what did what kind of things did we demonstrate, or what when we say they visited the gimbal, where did they go, and would you like some more of the operational aspect of that of that visit? Uh, I mean, what, whatever you think the the highlights are in terms of um, you know what, what you were what people were seeing you know, in terms of improvement work or other um, lean practices. Yeah, so let's. I'll talk about two things: two small, not small, but two subsets of what the healthcare value network uh, experienced when they were here. One is, is the inpatient service line, and how we use our our daily or twice daily huddle boards for our inpatient medical nursing and how that those inpatient huddle boards were tied to the inpatient service line metric board which is then tied to the enterprise strategies and metrics and connecting those dots i think uh we got a lot of we received a, a fair amount of appreciative feedback and positive feedback about that ability to connect the dot to the system strategies all the way to the bedside nurse. So, so that was one area that we spent a fair amount of time with the Healthcare Value Network in the Gimba, looking at our huddle boards. And inpatient medical is not the only place that we use the huddle boards. It's the one that I'm most familiar with uh, in our system. Mm -hmm. and, and then how that ties to the inpatient service line metric board and its outcomes and connecting the dots to the, to the system strategies. The other area that is near and dear to my heart that we spent uh, a fair amount of time was what's called our Parkview Physician Leadership Institute. And there were seemed to be a, a fair amount of interest in how we were developing our physician leaders. And it's something that we've been informally doing for about four, approximately four years, but more on a formal basis for the past two and a half years, where we actually have a curriculum that our physician leaders, well, first off, you have to be invited or nominated to, to go to it, and then our physician leaders are taken through a, a series of uh, interactive facilitations and teachings that uh, cover all the skill sets that, not all, let me take that back, that mm -hmm. cover many of the skill sets that are required by physician leaders. And our, and our premise there is, is that we, won't, we will not ask a physician to partake in a leadership role or a leadership activity if he or she does not have the skill sets to, to, do, to do such. And it's our job to assure that the leaders do have those skill sets. And, and so that was the premise on how we began. But we cover things like 
uh, you know, personal leadership, accountability, uh, crucial conversations, finance, change management. We do some things with quality data and, and, and discussing both publicly reported as well as clinical effectiveness data. And, they, and that runs uh, runs over a 16-week period. And, and, and again, the Healthcare Value Network, then when, on their Denver visit, there was a lot of interest in our in our Leadership Development Institute. And how, coming back to, to kind of connect the dots for, for, this, for this discussion, when you talked about how is lean helping us cope with some of the challenges and, ch and changes that are going on. One of the things that our physician leaders partake in, one of their sessions is on lean. I found that many of our physician leaders, I won't say shied away from lean, but it was more that they may not have understood it. And if they don't understand it, sometimes physicians aren't the quickest to, uh, to admit that vulnerability that they don't understand something. So we really mm -hmm. wanted to bring that lean thinking and that, you know, even if it's just talking about the nomenclature and, and what's the premise of lean, that that's really helped our, our lean leaders engage our physicians mm -hmm. uh, in, in the health system. Well, and then I'm, I'm sure you're talk a little bit more about your role as, as a CMO than about um, kind of, helping set the stage that it's okay, everyone's a novice with lean at the beginning, that's okay, we'll bring people along. I mean, what, what, what sort of involvement do you have either with you know, the, the, the leadership development activity or one-on-one or -on -one physicians? Can you, you have any stories of you know, some of that concern well, probably or how, how you brought people? Story, sure, yeah. the best story I can, I can share with regards to physicians and lean was something that I had aired on many, many times and it, I, I won't say that I was a slow learner, but I may have been a slow observation. I may have been a little slow on my observation. So, so let's go back and let's think about a, a rapid improvement event, you know, or or a uh, a, uh, another, a another lean event. It may take many hours. Sometimes we, you know, we could have a a one or two day or three day event looking at a process, looking at the current state, developing ideal state and steps to get there. And how I had recommended and others had recommended that we engage physicians would be, you know, physicians time, and I'm being a, there's a little sarcasm in my voice here. <laughs> physicians time is extremely valuable. So let's just have them come in. Let's, let's get Dr. XY uh, and maybe Z to come in from two to three o'clock on Wednesday and we'll use them as consultants, and they'll come in, and we can ask them. We'll kind of keep a, a parking lot of questions for the, our physician consultants, and when they come in, we'll, we'll barrage them with these questions, and we'll use their time real efficiently, and we'll get the information we know. And I can tell you that that was as um, backwards of an approach as we should have had. And uh, it dawned on me that we needed – more engagement with our physicians because they weren't buying in as owners of the process or more specifically owners of the solutions. And I had to get over the idea that, you know, physician's time is so costly. We're taking him or her out of surgery or we're taking him or her out of the, the clinic or the hospital. And when we have our lean events now, we are conscientious of how we're of, of our physician's time, 
but we do not. Uh, we, we recommend that our physicians partake from alpha to omega, from beginning to end. And what we've learned is, is that the payoff, because the physicians are engaged both in the process as well as the solutions in the, in the future state, that the likelihood that that's, number one, successful, but number two, sustainable, goes up dramatically. Mm-hmm. And in the same time, uh, the, I won't say every physician, but many physicians begin to take on a new appreciation for process improvement. And then they begin to use their eyes and say, well, you know, we used, we used uh, the lean tools in this. How come we, can we apply those same types of tools in, this, in, the, in another area? So it was a good way of garnishing uh, support for continuous process improvement with the lean tools. But, but I'd say even more importantly, the success and sustainability of, of the uh, uh, future state was much, much higher when the physicians, when we said, look, we'd like you to be there for the full two days. We've even had some that were, you know, four-day events. And it seemed like a lot, and, and there was some skepticism at, at the beginning, mm-hmm. but when we began to see the returns, uh, it, was, uh, it was probably one of our biggest, one of my big, biggest success stories as it relates to physicians' engagement and lean. Sure, and I assume your goal would be similar to what you touched on earlier of not just having physicians involved in events, but having them demonstrating lean thinking, lean behaviors each and every day? Absolutely. In fact, uh, part of going back to the Physician Leadership Institute, our uh, our lead leaders here have developed a, uh, they've changed the name on this a couple times, so bear with me. It's a, essentially a lean lab, uh, hands-on. I think there's eight or nine stations that go through the different, some different uh, lean principles and are in, within our Physician Leader, Leadership Institute. They go through those, uh, I call them apprentice labs. Mm-hmm. And and through that, I mean, do they get to? I mean, does this include like role playing and in, in terms of improvement activity, or, or what types of things do they get to to practice in that lab? Sure. So things like simple things as simple as five S. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. From they'll talk about level loading. Uh, we'll talk about uh, um, you know some of the simple lean c- concepts with regards to mapping out an ideal state, uh, how, do you ma- how to map out processes. So it's very basic, uh, but it's also very rewarding because they, it begins to have them think about it in a, in a different light. I mean, and do you find a little bit of practice, does that move them far enough along where, where they don't feel as uncomfortable about being such a novice? Or how, how much activity or experience... If, if you can generalize, Usually, does it take? Sure. That, that's, a very, that's a good question. And, and I would say that we've answered that. I probably not have not answered that formally, but informally. And what we try to do is, is to assure that they go through the apprentice labs, and then the first event that they're involved in, we kind of pair up a lean leader with that physician to kind of be his or her, I don't want to call it a coach, but kind of a mentor for that so they so they feel comfortable that they have somebody they can lean on and ask questions to and and, and that lean leader really helps uh, that physician through the first event and then it depends on the physician if if the you know some physicians this isn't their cup of tea uh, I can say that that's not common because they when they see the power of 
how it can help them solve problems and, and improve processes. Mo- most physicians are become huge advocates of it and, and really want to, to in, uh, partake in it. And and then so after the after the first event, it's really kind of physician dependent on how how close we pair parallel lean leaders with them. Mm-hmm. Well, great. And we're running short on time, but I just want to ask Greg, do you have any other kind of final key lessons learned or other advice you would give, let's say, either for you know, uh, fellow CMOs or other healthcare leaders in general? Well, if I, again, if I could just reiterate a couple of things I think we've touched on. This is number one is uh, assure the time for physician involvement. Uh, that's that's big, and that, and that we we shouldn't discount that, and we shouldn't discount the fact that um, that not only does the process better because the physician is there, but the physician becomes a champion of the process improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second is 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 kind of a parallel, but we shouldn't ask our physician leaders to do things that they don't have the skill sets to do. Uh, again, I, I mentioned crucial conversations. That always comes to mind often. We often ask our docs to, to have a conversation, crucial conversation with a colleague, and yet we've never really, we've never really trained uh, a physician uh, in that. Uh, we, we often make the assumption that if they're great clinical clinicians and, and providers of medical care that that'll translate to the to the leader side of things and that doesn't always hold true those are probably my two biggest take-home points okay well great well uh, thanks so much for uh, sharing some of your experiences and, and what you're working on there at uh, Parkview Health again our guest has been uh, Dr. Greg Johnson Chief Medical Officer at Parkview Health in Fort Wayne Indiana thanks again for chatting today thank you Mark Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.